0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining today for the Sermon of the Week here on Lifecast. So glad you're with us. Today, Joshua Brown's going to be kicking off our series called Who Am I with a great message all about the fact that you are wonderfully made. I really hope you enjoy it. Good morning, New Life community. There we go. Love it. So I'm really excited this morning. I get to share a new sermon series with you guys that we're going to be starting, and it's, it's called Who Am I? And so we're going to be going through that question of who am I. So keep that question in the back of your head um, over the next couple months as we start to really dive into what that means. Who are we? Um, Psalm 139:13 through 14 says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 139 is a really, really beautiful verse because it delves into this question of, like, who am I? Who did God create me to be? And that deals directly with identity and who we are. So just as a little bit of a... Side note before we start, I promised everybody um, in my life in the last week that I would not use Lord of the Rings quotes, and so <laughs> there will be none today, I promise. Um, so if you want any, I actually have like five or six that came to mind, so I, I, we could talk about it later. Um, so today we're kicking off a new series, and it's called Who Am I? And so the first question I want you to ask yourself is, that question, who am I? Don't answer it yet, but keep that in the back of your heads. Um, just a little story about me. When I was in high school, I asked myself this question a lot. What high schooler doesn't go through identity issues? Um, it's, it's just something that we all have to walk through. And so I asked myself that question a lot. And I tried to describe myself. Um, and I always find myself answering with things like, well, I'm like a basketball player. Um, I like English, and literature, I like history, and like oftentimes like the best thing I could come up with is like, well, I'm nice. Like, <laughs> so I always had trouble describing myself, um, but it never truly felt like I was answering the question. And so one day I decided to go for a walk. This walk took place two thirty a.m. in the morning. So it was very, very late. I was It was a night where I was up just thinking and praying and talking with God. Um, I had school the next day and oftentimes I found myself up super late anyways. So at that point I just kind of gave up on sleep and was like, "All right, I'm gonna go for a walk. It's gonna be super weird, but I'm gonna go for a walk and I'm just gonna pray and talk with God. Um, And so I just started asking that question and I was stuck at that point in my life. I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm here. Who am I? And then I started realizing that I was asking the wrong person the question. Because if I'm having trouble answering that question myself and I continue to ask myself, who am I? And I keep getting stuck in this constant state of like, I'm nice and I like basketball. That's great but that doesn't answer the question. And as soon as that kind of realization hit my mind, I started to quiet down, and that's when God started to speak, and I realized that I defined myself based on what I enjoyed, based on what I did, and who I am is actually who God made me to be, and we're going to explore that throughout the spring and summer, and I believe that as God speaks to us as a body, um, we're going to experience some significant healing in knowing who we are, in knowing our identity. And so it starts with knowing that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so if you have your Bibles on you, could you turn to Genesis? We're going to start the very first book of the Bible and the very first chapter too. Genesis 1.26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. So when God made man, when God made us, he made us in his image. Everything else that we look at in the earth, plants, animals, none of them are as unique as we are. They're all wonderfully made as well. But God made us special. You know, it's funny. Every single time I use the word special, one of the things that comes to mind is Veggie Tales. I don't know how many of you guys have seen veggie Tales, But the very first thing or the very last thing that they say to you in each, in each movie is, God made you special and he loves you very much. And you know, that's such a true thing And as a kid, when you hear that on repeat, it sticks. And it's, it's just one of those truths, so that, that's for free. Um, so I want to start by saying this. The way that we view ourselves directly affects the way that we view God. The way that we view ourselves directly affects the way that we view God. God made us in his image, and so if we look at ourselves in a negative light, we actually kind of subconsciously have a misguided view of who God is. So, I'm going to ask a question, and feel free to call out answers. How do we view God? What are some things that we call God, or what are some ways that we view God? Creator, mighty, kind, what was it again, Deborah? Leader. Faithful, graceful, father. Yeah, all of these are really great descriptors that we use to describe God, and they're part of his identity, and they're all so true. So, like, I wrote things down like creator, that was said, deliverer, redeemer, rebuilder, healer, savior, the son of God. And all these things are true. It's one thing to say it, but do we truly believe that that's who God is? The cool thing is, God tells us exactly who he is. We aren't left to figure it out on our own. Moses saw a bush on fire, and he got curious. And he looked over, and he walked up, and God spoke. Moses asked who the voice was, and God said, I am. That big statement, I am. Throughout the Bible, God continually tells us who he is, and he shows us who he is. He's consistent. God is the one who parted the Red Sea. He's the one who made the sun stand still. He called out kings. He called out empires. He caused the lion's mouth to close for Daniel in the lion's den. He rose the dead. He calmed the seas. And he did these things in order to reveal himself to us. and He shows his heart for us, and God is. God is who he says he is. One of those first kind of ministry moments for Jesus, he takes the disciples out, and they're, they're out in the water in the Sea of Galilee, and a storm comes, and the disciples start freaking out because they think the boat's gonna tip over and they're all gonna drown. They think they're gonna die. Jesus is taking a nap in the back of the boat. And so they go and try to wake him up, and Jesus just stands up and he's he says, Peace be still. The wind and the waves just calm down. Everything stills. And the disciples asked this really interesting question. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? That was kind of one of their first glimpses at seeing this is who God is. So while we might not have seen those instances where maybe God has completely calmed the storm when we're in the middle of a boat, Maybe there's an instance in our life where everything's going crazy and in a moment, Jesus just calms it down. Maybe that's our storm. And if that isn't enough, God tells us who we are too. That's the other cool thing. God knows us. Going back to Psalm 139, he knit us in our mother's womb. He knows our inmost being. God also knows that the enemy speaks lies about who we are created to be. Oftentimes we listen to the voice of the enemy or the voice of the other people real quick, but we forget that we were made by a God who knows us better than all of them, even combined. So in the Bible, God relates to us as children of God, friend of God, as the bride of Christ. But what does that mean for us, though? It means that we're wonderfully made, wonderfully made. How do we view ourselves? How do you view yourselves? Think about that for a moment. I've seen a lot in my life instances where people define who they are by what they've done. Like I said, I did it, what others have said about them. So, what do we do? We have a wrong view of ourselves, not just a misguided view, but a wrong view of ourselves. I think oftentimes you get caught up in, well, I'm this way and this way and this way. And you know what? That doesn't mean that's who we're made to be. We have to remember these simple truths. Truth number one, God didn't just snap his fingers and poof, here we are. Psalm 139 says that we were knit. How many of you guys knit in here or have done knitting? Is that an instantaneous process how long does it take takes quite a while to get a quilt done it takes a while to get socks done I know um, my grandmother one of the things that she would do is she would knit socks for people Um, I know she did a I think she did a sweater one time she did hats my mom's done that a few times and it it is not like a two-hour project that takes time it takes energy And it's not an immediate process. And so, no, God took his time with us. When God made us, he knit us in our mother's wombs. He took his time planning out carefully every little detail. And so one of the things that really, really bugs me is when I hear young people and people my age, people who are older than me, Say, well, I don't like this about myself, and they start doubting their qualities and their attributes, what they look like. It really bugs me because the truth is that God took his time on us. He created us with a plan, he created us with purpose. We're not just here. There is no accidents. We're here because God knit us, has a plan for us, and even if we don't see it, there is one. And not only did he create us with a plan and a purpose, but he took joy in his creation. When he created everything, at the end of the day, he said, it's good. But on that day where he created man, he said, it is very good. Remember that statement, God made us special. He loves us. We were specially made in his image. Truth number two, who we were is exactly that, who we were. God leads us out of that and into something new. God calls us his kids we're made in his image and he delights in us. There's this obscure book that I hadn't read until probably like two years ago. Um, and it's called Zephaniah, it's in the uh, prophets. So if you have your Bible, turn to Zephaniah 3. I'll give you a minute to get there. It says this, if you turn to Zephaniah 3.14, it says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will you He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival, so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time, I will deal with all your oppressors. I will save the lame. I will gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. Israel had a tendency to be really on fire for God and then walk away. And as I've grown older, one of the things I've come to realize is when I was a kid looking at that, I was like, man, Israel screwed up so much. Like, they kept going. They kept walking away. That's us. How often do we do that too? Israel got lost in who its identity was. God brought them out of Egypt. He parted an entire sea so they could get across. They saw that with their eyes. And less than a week after they crossed the sea, they started to complain, and they started to forget what God had done for them, what God was doing for them. And when they got lost in their identity, so often kings and leaders would lead them astray, other nations would lead them astray, and it got to the point where they, they had fallen so far off that they were conquered by this, empire of Babylon and they were taken into captivity and they had to sit in that captivity for 70 years but during that point as before that happened and as that was happening God gave word to the prophets and said look there's going to be a day when I'm going to bring you back when Israel came back they started to serve God and rebuild the temple. They started to rebuild their land. And the thing is with us one of the important things to remember is that who we were doesn't have to stay part of who we are and who we're going to be. God takes us away from that and walks us into something new. We don't have to sit in the mess. That doesn't mean that there won't be mess just means that when we're secure in our identity as children of God and as wonderfully made we don't have to stew in that and truth number three we are deeply loved when God made us he knit us in our mother's wombs he knew our inmost being created us with a plan and a purpose Made us in His image. That is a special kind of love. In the beginning, God walked with Adam. They would walk and talk in the garden. We were created for community. And we were specifically created for community with God. And that's a beautiful thing that we get to enjoy today too. God loved us so much that He sent His only Son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He loved us enough to take our place. He thought we were worth it. I'll tell you what, there are times in my life where I look at that and I'm like, God, how on earth am I worth it? And I think part of that comes down to, we got to understand that the kind of love that God has for us is so outside of our understanding. We have a very limited understanding of what God's love looks like. And as I've continued to look at that, one of the biggest things that I've just come to realize is we just need to accept that. We don't have to like sit there and try and process all of it. If we try to do that, our head's going to explode. We can't fathom the amount that God loves us. But he loves us so much. Every single person in this room is made in the image of God. Everybody online, made in the image of God. And that's something that we need to remember every day. So how do we remember these truths? We are wonderfully made. We're not a waste of time, and we're not a waste of effort. We're not a mistake. And so if the mirror is telling you that you're someone you aren't, you might need to get rid of the mirror. I'm being completely serious. I think so often we look in the mirror, and we don't like who we see. Sometimes we look in the mirror, and it's, I'm not doing what I should be doing. Sometimes we look in the mirror and it's a physical thing. I don't like how I look today. I don't like how I look at all. And sometimes we get stuck in this loop then of self-doubt, self-hate. And it takes us down a road where we start believing the lies of the enemy. And so if the mirror is a problem, I challenge you to take it down. One of the important things is we need to look at ourselves the same way God looks at us. And to understand that, we need to understand that He loves us. He sees you as His beloved creation, His friend, His child. Those are all some really endearing terms. He uses such affectionate language in the Bible... And he uses it because they're they're words that we can understand. They're they're words that we can use to help us understand a little bit. If God loves us like a child, that's a special kind of love. God loves us as a friend, that's another special kind of love. And then that third one I said earlier, the bride of Christ. Again, such a special kind of love. Another way that we can remember these truths is by putting sticky notes all over the place. I was in, I was at this convention one time, and it it was either like a youth service somewhere. It might have been a choir of the fire we did as youth. But one of the, one of the guys who was speaking, he came up and he said, here's what I want all of you to do. I want you to go to the store. I want to get, I want you guys to grab like two or three, like, of those big packs of like multicolored sticky notes and I want you to just write encouragement all over Bible verses I want you to plaster your bed frame I want you to plaster the walls the doors the mirror whatever it takes and just write truth on those things and stick them everywhere it does work I what I did was because when I was in high school I was really bad at memorizing uh, sorry English is not doing hot for me this week like I've been messing up my speech all the time. But one of the things that I would do is I had trouble memorizing verses. And so I would write down things that God was trying to speak to me. If I felt like something was pulled out, I would take that little little phrase or the words, and I would write it down and stick it on my door. And eventually, as I would look at the door, the verse would come to mind. And as I kept looking at it, then the words would start, and then I had the verse memorized. And I might have only read the verse two or three times, but the words and what God was saying was engraved. I've got, I don't know if all of you know what kind of truck I drive, but I drive a Chevy Tahoe. You'll see it outside probably when you leave. On the very top mirror, the kind of the sun guard where you put it down and the sun's shining in your eyes. Unfortunately, I always end up driving into the sun, so I always have to have that thing down. But before it was my truck, it was my dad's truck. And on it, there's this little sticker that says, Hello, my name is, and it says, Accepted on it. And it is super, like, it's a super old sticker. It's... Fraying and like peeling off, but it stays on. And I noticed that it was still there a few days ago. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, it's exactly what I need to hear. It's in a place where I can see it, it's in a place where I'm at usually. So maybe it means putting a sticky note on your desk at work. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am loved. I am made in God's image. I encourage you guys, if you, have a, if you have the chance, I don't know where to get them, but you can get these Hello, My Name Is stickers. And if you're bold, write down something on it. I am Hello, My Name Is Loved. Walk around with that thing on your chest. On your coat. Who knows what God might use you to do that day. Somebody might come up to you and say, what's that? What does that mean? Somebody might just see it. And it will remind them, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But when we wear that, it's like a badge of honor. I'm loved by God. God. We've got to remind ourselves because we're not perfect and we're human. We oftentimes, we hear a truth and we believe it until we hear a lie, and then it takes ten more truths to try and fix that. And if we walk in the lie that we are not made in God's image, if we walk in the lie that I am not loved, I'm not worth it, I'm not worthy, then we're never going to see what God's going to do for us because we're going to be stuck in this fog of confusion. The other thing that we can do is remind others. This one I really like because I like to encourage. That's one of my big things. I like to go up and tell people they're doing a good job. Even if I see they're struggling, sometimes that one little thing can really take somebody up over the over the hump. And so when we remind others that they're wonderfully made, We become truth tellers. When we rehearse truth and when we tell others this, it automatically gives them a light to do the same thing. Our purpose is not defined by what's past, by who we were, by what others think or say. It's defined only by the one who made you, the one who loves you, and who has a plan for you. I'm going to read that again. Your purpose is not defined by your past. Your purpose is not defined by who we were. It is not defined by what others say. It is defined only By the one who made you, loves you, and has a plan for you. So as we begin to walk further into who God has made us to be, to what our purpose is, it's the first step in understanding is knowing that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Just remember those three things Rehearse the verse Take down the mirror Be a truth teller this week God We just thank you for who you are For loving us so much God We're not perfect And we live a messy life at times God Some of us have had really hard lives Some of us been able to get through. But God, our identity is not in the mess. Our identity is not in what goes on around us. Our identity is in that we are children of the King. God, I just pray for those who are struggling with that, God, who maybe don't know who, who they are or are just walking into that for the first time, God, that you would scream how much that you love us. God, help us to take the mirror down if it's causing us to view ourselves other than how you see us. God, I just pray for forgiveness for the times that I do that, God. That I don't see myself in the light that you do. Help us to take steps deeper into knowing who we are. Help us to remember that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Help us to be steadfast in our identity, God. Pray that you would bless us and keep us this week, God. Those online, too, just pray that you would bless them. Remind them who they are daily. Remind those of us here who we are daily. Pray you keep us safe. And pray just blessings over everybody here today listening, or in person, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. I want to encourage you to head to newlifecommunity.us and click on the Connect tab for all of your next steps. I'd also love to encourage you to share with us any of the ways that we can be praying on that Connect card as well. Until next time, take care, everyone.